0: Hi again everybody. Welcome to day 4 of the social media fast series. I am JR Man. You are listening to Your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? Glad you're on board. Today's big show, Phenom. You won't want to miss Phenom. You won't want to miss this incredibly engaging and wonderfully uplifting and inspirational interview with one of my old friends. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the guy that we're about to... The guy that I'm going to introduce you to, his name is Jeff Christensen. He lives in Seattle, married, young daughter, Grace. Very famous father-in-law. Very, let's Talk about an intelligent father-in-law. This guy's, this guy's written books. This guy's great. But that's not why we talked to him. We talked to him because he's a damn good guy. We also talked to him because I met him when he was 16 and used to sleep on my couch in Minneapolis, Minnesota. True story. True story. I was working at the NBC in Minneapolis care 11 television as a photojournalist and at the time the photojournalism uh, staff at the care 11 was uh, widely considered really really wonderfully great and uh, I was privileged and blessed and honored to be a part of that and worked my ass off to get there and just loved every second of it and we would often get requests for people to come hang out with us for the day uh, like shadow like job shadow stuff and we got a request from a young man who lived in Des Moines Iowa 16 17 years old. And um, this was Phenom, Jeff. And uh, he he drove up. I think he skipped school or something and drove up and he hung out with me uh, all day uh, as we drove around Minneapolis and gathered news and shot photojournalism and uh, put together stories, and uh, we were really into storytelling, and, and Jeff has become one of the greatest storytellers in the country right now. He's a documentarian, a cinematographer, a brand uh, uh, image expert, if you will, uh, owns his own company um, up in Seattle, and does work for amazing hugeness companies um, across the world. He travels the world regularly. Um, he was the youngest recipient of the Edward R. Murrow Award, which is a, a feat all in itself, because it, it turns out that's... One of the industry's greatest things, um, and that's him. Twenty-one. Imagine twenty-one. You're winning the one of the greatest awards you could probably ever win uh, in your in your specific. Uh uh, field, And that's this guy. And that's why we call him Phenom. He's a wonderful guy. I think you'll get it right away. Uh, again, this 40 days is all about intentionally moving into the people's lives that you love. Um, instead of liking, thumbs upping, uh, commenting, uh, uh, you're great, or, or harding back on some Instagram DM, uh, I'm moving intentionally into 40 people that uh, have poured into me over my uh, lifetime. And just checking in and saying hello. And these are what these conversations are over the next 40 days. Hey, man, I love you. And if you need me, I'm a spiritual director, mentor. I believe that your success is contingent on what's going on between you and the higher power, you and God, you and the divine. I believe that so much that I'm I'm, I'm lit like a Christmas tree every day to move into this work with you. I'm a mentor on the other side of that, which means that I basically... Help you move past or into whatever passions you have. Um, I'm 51, three adopted kids, married 25 years. Was in the television business forever. Uh, started a few ministries along the way that did pretty well, and uh, and here I am in this season of life where uh, I'm really firing on uh, helping people just get get either 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 get out of the stuckness of their lives or live truly live that energy of their passion that sits inside of them Um, so I have the hard conversations with people and I do that with grace and a plan because I'll never leave you without a plan. So if you need a guy like that, I'm here, uh, jrman.com, com. .com. You can write me jr at jrman.com. My number is on the website. If you want to text or call, I can set up an hour session with you like that. It's 2019. We all have goals. I know some of those goals are self-improvement, if you will. And if you want to self-improve or if you want a deeper level of consciousness about what the hell you're doing with your life. I'm your guy. Until then, here's Phenom. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you on the other side of the interview. What did you like about the website? I'm curious.
1: Well, the first, the thing I liked about the first thing was just the homepage. It's just like the imagery, the pictures on it are really good. Um, the it's written well. I think. I mean, this is like a you know, like kind of a, a a quick glance, but I hadn't seen your new website. I don't know how long it's been on
0: there. Yeah, I just, I written. just changed it.
1: Yeah, it looks really good. Um, and then the, the book section is really great because you have testimonials on there, and that's all laid out really nicely. And, of course, Dan's, like, number one, which is, like, I'm like, wow, look at that.
0: Well, hey, it turns um, out that guy's your father-in-law. How weird is that?
1: I uh, yes. I'm like, I know that guy.
0: Dude, how psycho <laughs> weird is that? I mean, for real. It's
1: bizarre, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know what's really crazy? I have to tell you this story really quick. I'm going through Amanda's old... Uh, I don't even know if you'd want me to tell the story, but I will.
0: Uh, good I'm because I'm recording. Old... Just so you know.
1: <laughs> oh, good. I'm, I'm going through. Is this a one-party state or a two-party state? Um, it doesn't matter. I'm going through Amanda. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It won't hold up in the court. I'm going through Amanda's old like baby uh, pictures and her her um, her like kind of albums that that Becky Amanda's mom created when she was really young. And you're going down the list, and, and Becky is is like a historian. I mean, she makes everything from top to bottom. She has, like, these, you know, notes about who came over that day and what the pictures were and who did what and who ate what and whatever. And and on there is, like, Larry Crabb is, like, one of the, like, third people down. And Dan and, and Larry used to work together a lot. Yeah. And it's just kind of this weird, like, I didn't know Larry Crabb much until – you know, understanding who Dan was and meeting Dan and, and kind of all this this world, and and the kind of like, wow, look at all these people coming over to see this brand new baby Amanda, which was you know thirty some years ago. That was pretty cool. It's pretty neat to to read about that.
0: Well, dude, you're you're heard. Her, Dan has. I mean, you want to talk about rock star? I mean, that guy. That guy is a true rock star. I mean, I'm I'm some schlep. Seriously, sitting at my desk on Friday afternoon, morning, whatever it is, that, but he's out changing the world.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think he's, he has spent a lot of his life dedicated to uh, people, to God, to himself. I mean, not himself, but really exercising his mind so that he can help others. And I think that that's, uh, that, that in and of itself is, is pretty remarkable. I mean, you know, not a lot of people not only take the time to do that and, and have the wherewithal to do that, but then really execute it in the way that he's done, it's, I mean, it's 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 pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Alright, so you, so yeah. um Okay, so I mean basic premise that I'm doing for the next 40 days is like, <clears throat> I don't know, a month or so ago I really got to thinking, like, I, I we, me, me specifically, I won't point out anybody else, um, although I yeah. will, although I will, but, um, the uh, I, I just really got to thinking like I have stopped at some level being super intentional with the, like the top forty or the top one hundred people in my life, and now right. now I'm doing things like like I rely on Facebook to like tell me when everybody's birthday is, and then like I'll, right. and then you'll just like do a thumbs up or just some stupid ass balloon, you know what I mean? So. So I got to thinking, you know, the first of the year, I'm done with Instagram. Not, I mean, I'm not done. Look at, I've, I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm, I love Instagram, man. It's all, I'm all about it. So, but I'm gonna be done for 40 days. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get away from social media and be as intentional I can for 40 days. And I'm gonna record a conversation every day with like my favorite people in the world. All, in, cool. all in an effort to, you know, not just go, hey, how look, hey, look how cool Jr. is, but just to be like, hey. A, I want people to meet the people in my life. But B, I also want to be super intentional about catching up and making sure that, you know, we're doing this thing, you know, the right way versus just giving somebody a right. fucking thumbs up. So, how are you? Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You, you, you and I have like this, you and I have such a long, loving, wonderful history. I mean, we really do. I was yeah. thinking about it last night. I mean, oh my gosh, we've been through so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, so much. Uh, I mean, if, if you were just to take the, just your life and and, and, and put a, a book into your life and like where it began, where I met you to where you are today, holy crap, that'd take like eight chapters. I mean, there's just there's a lot there. And then you look at my life and, and go from where I've gone to where we first met, which was back in Minneapolis on a on a you know on an iceberg somewhere until now. <laughs> I'm in Seattle. You're in Southern California. It's it's just it is crazy how life manifests itself and 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 what people end up so, so yes it's so good to talk to you
0: yeah tell everybody what you do what 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 does what to, now now see now haven't there'll be an intro to the podcast before you and i talk and yeah. i'm and i'm gonna tell everybody hey you know we nicknamed this kid phenom so you know that's how we generally talk about you like i don't i don't think i say your name too often like i always say phenom but tell us what phenom is and does
1: Well, Phenom was coined by the great J.R. Mann back in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the great Care 11 television studios. Uh, I would say like in the late 90s, early 2000s. So what do I do? I am, I guess, a a television documentarian, um, director, producer, and uh, cinematographer. Now, all those sound really cool, but... At the very heart of it, I'm just like to tell stories and learned a lot from from you. Um, from the beginning of, of, uh, our days in television and it's, it's taken me all over the world. I've been to, I think four, uh, Olympic games and been to the white house a few times, which was pretty rad. Some people work there every day. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've been very blessed. I've had a very good life.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're just for people that don't know, because a lot of people don't get the inside television, uh, deal, but I mean, you are kind of a big deal. So you were, and correct me if I'm wrong, huge, 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 huge. The, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the uh the the bigger than phil johnston it turns out
1: bigger so, than phil, yeah yeah bigger than phil johnston. yeah i actually do live uh, uh work and phil's doing <laughs> that, that animation yeah stuff. I, I actually do live
0: action i actually deal yeah. with human beings
1: <laughs> human beings so phil's yeah phil's freaking but yeah but you know i mean god
0: bless him so correct me if i'm wrong you were the youngest recipient of the edward r murrow award is that a true fact
1: I believe so. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's point. true. Yes.
0: I think that's true. Yeah. Okay, so for those yeah. of you who don't know and are out of the television loop, the Edward R. Murrow Award is the, the, probably the most prestigious prestigious award you can win. Subjectivatively, um, you know, wh- what did you win it for? Uh, photojournalism. Uh,
1: I think it was uh, a story, it was back in 2001, uh, which uh, obviously was such a, a strange time to be on the planet, a beautiful time, but a very difficult time, uh, for a story that we did, I was working in Des Moines, Iowa, a, a television station Des called KZCI-TV, yeah. it was a, uh, I believe it was feature a feature, uh, feature storytelling. So you,
0: feature won, you won that thing working in Des Moines?
1: Des Moines. Yeah. yeah. So
0: screw yeah. Minneapolis. Who needs to do that hot, skip and a jump? I mean, freak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I mean, it was, it was, uh, I, I think I had just turned 20, 20 or 21 years old, so I could like barely drink. Um,
0: <laughs> not that you did, you No. Know? <laughs>
1: not that I did, but I barely did. Um, and, uh, it was, yeah, it was a pretty amazing time. I mean, it was, one of those things where you know Rather's across, you know Dan Rather's at the other table, and uh, uh, you know all these people that you sort of, uh, you know, uh, Steve Hartman and all these people that you kind of have watched growing up, and kind of go, "Holy cow, this is it! This is the real deal." Mike Wallace walks in the door, you know. I mean, it's just it, it, those are pretty remarkable. And moments, you're I the guy, right?
0: Place. So you've got Dan Rather, Hartman, Wallace, and you're receiving at 21. You're receiving. By the at, way, all at-
1: CBS. I don't know why I just named everybody at CBS. Yeah, whatever, yes.
0: whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What do you think the state of the business is today? Like, I look at it, like, right now, and I'm like, you know, there was an article written by, um, I think it was Arkin, that guy that used to be the news executive at NBC, I think, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he wrote an article yesterday, and I guess it wasn't really an article. It was his, like, I quit letter, and he wrote, mm-hmm. he wrote media, news media, media in general, being held hostage by the news cycle of Donald Trump. What's your take on what's happening right now in news? Because, dude, I've got my opinions, and frankly, I think it's in the toilet, but what do you think?
1: Well, um, so I, I work for a bit at NBC News in New York and um, have some, some good friends who are still there, and... uh uh, I'm lucky enough to do some work there as well uh, on occasion, and you know,
0: I well, think... don't well, don't kill, don't kill NBC because I get it, but I mean,
1: t- no, 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 I get... no. no. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess this is just my perspective, but it, it what I'm, what, the, what I understand from from just the knowledge that I have is that a lot of a lot of the energy is being put into Washington these days, and I think I think to, to some degree, rightfully so, because you look at you know, the things that are going on in the United States and around the world, but particularly, you know, how things have changed in the last two years in the White House. And, um, I, you know, being held hostage, I don't think is, is a fair assessment just because, you know, the, the media, whatever that is, has the right to kind of steer the conversation, you know, how they need to. And, but we um, got to
0: admit at some level, the conversation is nothing but about what's happening inside of Trump's crazy head. I mean, at some level, we got to go. Hey, the news cycle hasn't. I mean, I left the business two years ago, so it was right after he got elected, and I can remember six months prior to the election thinking, "Hey, when can we cover a murder again?"
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, thank God. I mean, look, you know, here's the here's the argument is that some people say. We are missing headlines. We are missing stories that don't that that aren't making it into the paper, uh, or aren't making to the to the top of the newscast that that should be. And I think a lot of that is dominated by the White House. Now, is that a fair assessment? Maybe, maybe not. Some organizations, like the New York Times, are making a, a, an effort, in my opinion, to continue those conversations and those stories and those headlines that get lost in the fray and. You know the fact that we're even talking about this, I think, is a good thing. I think it's there is such an awareness of where the news comes from and who, where your, um, where this, where your conversations begin in the day, as a result of what organization you watch, and I think that's a good thing because it's not like people are just being spoon-fed information. I mean, to some degree, but but I think there's a lot of people that pick and choose what they watch, when they watch. And how they want to
0: watch it. Yeah, I, I, think, <clears throat> I, I think the new divide, like people want to talk about how divided the country is. I, I want to talk about, I mean, the, the way I look at it is I go, hey, really the new divide is, 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 this is such a difficult conversation. Because at some level, we all want to start pointing a finger at like one guy or one industry, And I don't necessarily know if that's the divide. So it's just funny. It's like everybody thinks you know, before Trump went down the escalator that everything was fine. And then Trump goes down the escalator, and then the media blows up. And I'm like, I don't know if I buy that either. So yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I think there's a perspective change. I would love to see it. I don't know. You can tell me, but I would love to see... Uh, you know, it's, you know, particularly people that are picking stories every day. And, and we used to do that, right? You and I, you know, guys like us, we used to do this. So it's like, yeah. I would love to see the guys picking stories, like, you know, maybe pick something other than what they think either A, the bottom line is going to do for them, or just because it's tasty. Because, I mean, let's face it, when Donald Trump tweets, you know, Pelosi's a jackass, like that gets super tasty for people. So yeah. I don't know if there's yeah. as big of a divide as we think there is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a fair point. I also think, though, that whether you're for Trump and you're for what's happening in the White House or in Washington, kind of, uh, or you're against it, I think, you know, there is an effort to have a constant dialogue about it. And I think, you know, as you know, quite frankly, people are sick of it. And I think that's why you're bringing this conversation up and saying, look, you know, I want to talk about other things happening in the world and what other, what people are doing and how we can all make a difference rather than just what one man says or does. Um, that one man happens to be, you know, uh, kind of a big deal. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a strange time.
0: I'll put it that way Yeah, thanks. That's that's a great assessment. I appreciate that. It's a strange yeah. time. Let me it's help you out. I've got a headline. better I got a better adjective for it, let me tell you that. <laughs> okay, so let's switch gears. Uh married. Uh how old is your little one again? She's like sixteen now, right? How old is she? Uh <laughs>
1: Grace Harper Christian is three. So she's gra- a three as I'm told she's a three nager
0: A three major, yeah. yeah, man, I get it. She's
1: a three major. Yeah. And you have three children.
0: Oh three my. beautiful children. Jeez, don't even remind me, wow. man. Don't even dude Jeez. I, dude, let me just tell you something. If anybody's got if anybody out there right now presently is thinking about adopting three all at once, call me <laughs> now calling me now. Okay, so the the funny thing I find about Grace, and because I have a weird kind of thing when I look, it, it's particularly uh, your wife's Instagram because you know you, you you only post like the you know you only post like you standing next to you know Tom Cruise yeah. and shit like that. But um, yeah, a lot of so, Tom Cruise. <laughs> so, but when I see your wife's Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid is growing up so quick. I feel like I feel like yesterday she was born and now she's a. A teenager, and so hardest thing about being a, a dad, what's the hardest thing about being a dad?
1: Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, hardest thing about being a dad uh you know you know what i i I think f- the hardest thing about being a dad is something that is something that I, it's not it's nothing to really to do with grace, it's something to do with me, which is am I doing enough? Am I really being? And, and maybe every parent wrestles with this at some point in their life or maybe constantly or daily or not at all. I don't know. But, but I constantly go, geez, am I doing enough? Am I, am I standing up enough? Am I washing enough clothes? Am I, you know, um, I think that's just something you wrestle with always. Um, What's
0: what is that? Is there a pivot point where you go, man, I really want to improve. Th- I, you know, for me, and I'll be straight, I'll be straight with you. Like I struggle Heart like, Di- like you know, my wife Diane, and and, and Diane of is com- complete opposite She's of me. An angel, angel, complete yeah. opposite of me. Like, mm-hmm. like God rest her soul. So, uh, <laughs> like I can't like her, her, uh, her amount of compassion that pours back into these children is amazing. <laughs> so I always struggle with my compassion. I always struggle with, hey, yeah. dude, soften it up even more, even more, soften it up even more. What, what's that one pivot point for you when you go, man? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be good at this.
1: Um, hmm. you know, I think, I think the word that you hit the the nail on the head, which maybe will be one of, you know, I, I think if, if every, if, if all of us collectively in the world took, took this to heart and said, this is my intention for 2019 is compassion is to bring compassion back into our families, into our lives, into ourselves. Uh I think the world would be a little bit of a different place um we we because we're human, we forget about that and we we fail uh i guess to to use a word that may work um but you know, compassion is such an important thing, compassion to my wife, compassion to my my daughter, my dog, myself um but yeah, you do you inevitably look at that as like geez, you know, gosh, am I you know still Am I, am I helping at all here? Am I staying, you know, running your own business, um, traveling a fair amount and trying to grow to, um, organisms is very difficult. Uh, but you know, I guess everybody does it. So.
0: No, I think you're right. I, I I think you're right. There's a, um, there's a Buddhist Zen guy that I like to read. Uh, and he's constantly talking about compassion and he, and, and he literally the same sentence that you had, like, you know, our the number one thread that weaves through the world's religions has always been compassion, which is kind of like like you would think it would be like love, nonviolence. Uh, it would be like just being kind. But it the one thread is compassion. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I struggle with it because I struggle with having a massive-sized ego in a gigantic pride level. So I'm always, yeah. you know, I'm always like... I, 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 well, of course, of course. Well, it comes with the greatness, frankly. So, you know, the, uh, as you know, so, um, what ends up happening with me is I become so self, like, I, like I constantly looking at myself like way too much. Like, it's like, it's like, I'm thinking about me way, way, way too much. And I don't have that breath of time for, you know, the real juice, which is, you know, part of this exercise that we're doing right now, which is to say, Hey man, get outside of yourself and hang out.
1: Yeah, and do you think? But having that conversation, you know, that I I forget, you know, and the the, well, the twelve-step program, which I don't know a lot about, but but just sort of identifying that and saying, acknowledging and, and giving that, like, hey, this is something, you know. I think that's one of the beginnings of that program is saying you know, whoa, like maybe I should acknowledge this, maybe I should identify this, and just having this conversation, maybe is the beginning of it, I don't know, maybe it's an excuse.
0: No, yeah, no, no, you get it, uh, step one of Alcoholics Anonymous, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable, not that I know that or have that memorized for any particular right. reason suffice it to suffice it Uh, well read that's the trick right yeah no there is strength and powerlessness that's it so so here's what happens right? right Here's what happens, and and Dan, your wife's father gets this probably more than anybody. When you come to awareness of some of those crazy powerlessnesses of your life, and then there's a, a just a squeak of admittance or a squeak of awareness, as you say, or consciousness. Yeah, man, you're on your way. You're on your way. Like right. like this conversation, right. I'm listening to you, and I'm like, wow, Jeff seems to be fairly enlightened. So, like, because I remember you in the back seat of my car. I don't even think you could have a driver's. When I met you, did you have a driver's license? I uh, I I think think you did. did. I just can't remember. I
1: think I did because I had to scoot myself up there. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah. Anyways, like, I see your life. And and again, it's like I'm not embroiled in the nitty-gritty day-to-day good, bad, and ugly. But we touch base enough to go, okay, you know, there we are. But, yeah, back to your point, which is as fathers— as, and that was the question, right? You, you know, what's the hardest thing about being a dad? As fathers, I, I would totally agree with you. Like, the levels of compassion that we push back into our families are obviously going to be regulated by how much ego or pride or how, how you know, how big right. we think we are, right? You know, how, how big right. of a guy are you? You know, are you Phil Johnson or not? And I don't know why I'm picking on Phil.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, listen. Nobody Phil Johnson. Nobody can be a Phil Jones. I mean, <laughs> Have you seen Zootopia for God's sake? Oh I mean, my God! Listen, no one can do that. For the no record, one, I mean, for the he, record,
0: we're talking about the guy that wrote Zootopia and uh, Wreck It Ralph, right? Wreck It Ralph, and
1: I think they just had the sequel come out uh,
0: recently. Yeah. I think right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, he's yeah, he's he he's, a, he, he he's unbelievable. But back to your point is like on those pivot points where we want to adjust ourselves. Like, I, you know, I think you're right. I think you come to awareness, you admit it, like you admit it. Like the only way I stopped drinking, and you knew me when I was drinking, man. I mean, I was a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, When I I, I had to come like full circle, and it wasn't even that I was like embarrassed to admit it. I knew it. I just was like, holy shit, if I don't change my life, I'm going (laughs) to die.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, that in and of itself uh, is why you should be in front of people and having a conversation with people. Just, just that alone, you know, I think changes lives and that experience. Because, you know, a number of people go through that. Some have tremendous success. Some don't. And, and just continuing that conversation like you're doing. I mean, I think, you know, I was looking at your – speaking of ego, I was looking at your website this morning. Honestly, if people have not checked this thing out, they need to go on right now. Go on what is it? Jr. Man.com.
0: J R Man dot com.
1: There you go. <laughs> and if they're listening to this, they probably already found it. But the point is, is that, you know, you have, I think, done something very uh admirable and and selfless, which is taking yourself and the experiences you've learned and the knowledge you've gained over the years, uh, through others that you've met and 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 teaching, educating, inspiring other people. That's what you did with me. The funny thing is, is uh, John, is that <laughs> when I was 16 years old, uh, you were inspiring me, whether you knew it or not. I mean, there was a tremendous amount of inspiration in, in terms of the professional uh, work. And that, that doesn't go away. That is a gift to you. And yeah. I think other people have that gift in, in other ways. Um, so as being a father, as being a father, you are an inspiration to your children. Um, and when you get in, when you get in your own way and when you stumble, you know, over yourself when you trip and hit the door and you're kind of down in yourself, you say, look, you know, I'm still an inspiration to somebody Yeah, and that matters. Yeah.
0: I still hold on to, you know, I tell people and people who know my story, uh, I wrote a book in 2007 and I wrote about my first mentor or my first inspirational guy Tommy Cusick dockworker Cleveland Ohio he was 65 when i met him and there are still sentences that and we're talking 35 years later you know there are still sentences that i hear in my head that sound an awful like that old man teaching me to be a man and, and ready. And, t- and, 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 you know, people will ask me like, what did he teach you? And I'll say, well, first off he taught me how to treat women. Cause at the time when I was, when I was 18 and I was an ass, um, I wasn't very respectful to anybody, but like, you know, he would teach me, he would say, Hey, every time you talk to a woman, look her in the eye. And that's the only place you look. And I would, and I would yeah. be like, you're an idiot. And then after I would say, you're an idiot, he'd look, he'd say this to me, he'd say, you're being very inappropriate. And that, <laughs> and that sentence, dude, crippled me enough wow. to make me take a deep look at myself, which is why like 50, I'm 51. Now I use that same damn line. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, see, that's perfect. And, and, and the first thing that comes to, to my mind when you say that
1: is who you've chosen to be with in your life, which is, which is Diane. And I know Diane and I, I hope other people know Diane because, she has really been, I think, much of the the, the guiding light there um, in terms of wow, where, where where do you land in the world? And and that's exactly what you did. You took his his insight, and and put it towards the rest of your life, wow, and that's represented. Listen,
0: listen, there's no, I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm married to Diane 25 years and I tell, and listen, I'm super, super out loud about my life. So, uh, we've had unbelievably great times and unbelievably hard times, but I can't imagine. And I, and I sincerely say this because it could sound, it could sound like bullshit if you don't know me well. Um, I, I can't imagine doing uh, another set of life like we're doing now without her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how the hell right. would you get through three adopted kids all at once, um, you know, doing the shenanigans that I've done, not only in television but, not, but in ministry over the years? Uh, there's just no way. Because here's the deal. She right. said yes every single step along the way. Yes. Like, I mean, what is that? Like, she's looked at me and said, yeah, man, if that's inside you, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Do- no, okay, man, let's let's switch gears one more time. More. We're gonna switch gears one okay. more time. Uh, let's do. Um, I want. What's your best story about you and I? You, our best story about you and I. Oh, man, I've got one. one. I'll let if I'll give you time to think about it. I'll I'll give you mine.
1: Yeah, you go ahead. You go
0: first. Okay. So. Um, and this really has, I mean, it may sound like it has nothing to do with nothing, but this this is one of my favorite, favorite memories. So whoever that guy was that hooked us up when we were working at the NBC in Minneapolis, um, that producer guy, what was that guy's name? Steve, Billy, oh, um, Rick? Um, uh,
1: Craig, 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 um, Craig Sue, Stewart.
0: Stew yeah. Stu. okay, uh, so Craig Denton. So, yeah, no, you're close. You're so close. So Craig yeah, Craig you know. comes to me, or comes to all of us. I think he came to all the photojournalists, because we were photojournalists at the time at Care Evans. This is way back in the day. And he oh. says, hey, my cousin, nephew, what, what is it, blood relative, what are you to him? Nothing. Neph- nothing? nothing. My-, not, I've my, <laughs> my I've never met the man
1: in my life. i never met the man in my life. So
0: great. I have a guy who's in Iowa. <laughs> I have a guy yeah. who's in Iowa who wants to come up and because at the time care eleven in Minneapolis, the NBC the photojournalist staff was considered widely uh and and we say that as a matter of statement of fact uh, as one of the best staffs photographically in the country um mm-hmm. And he says, this guy wants to come up and hang out with you. And, of course, you know, there was nobody on that staff at the time that said would say no to that. (laughs) So because we were in a place where we really did love sharing uh, what it was we did for a living. So up you come, and you and I make the connection, and somehow you wind up on my couch in my house. And at the time, I was living in uh, Edina, uh, Edina, Minnesota, and I had a green couch. Do you, do you remember sleeping on the couch or did you sleep in the bed? Where I don't did you remember
1: sleep? the couch. I remember the house. I remember the house.
0: I but you did But couch. you did sleep over that first night, right? Yeah, I mean, that was a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. back in the yeah. day, we didn't have uh, cell phones and we didn't have, you know, Instagram or Facebook to DM real quick and go, hey, I'm 10 minutes away. But anyways, you made it to the house and here, and here's the, my great story of the two, and it's not going to make anybody laugh or anything, but it's just, it's, it's why the phone call is being made today. I knew from the first second that I saw you that I was just radically in love with who you were because the smile you had from ear to ear and the the brightness in your eyes and the just your step, like I could tell this was so important for you at the time. Like this was like energy that you needed to either give or absorb in the world. And like I can just remember thinking, like talk about purity of humanity and what we want with our lives and where our hearts are leading and how our minds drive us or how our bodies move us across the country or whatever. I can just remember thinking, man, if I don't stick myself to that type of energy or force, I'm an idiot. And from that point forward, we I mean we became very very close friends right from the beginning and yeah, yeah. I mean and then our lives have intertwined ever since then and we're talking I mean shit dude, we're talking we're talking thirty, twenty five, thirty years, right?
1: Twenty five years, something like that. Yeah, yeah twenty twenty five yeah, years. Yeah. So that's
0: that's my story. You come into the house wow. in Any Dinah, walking across the driveway, up onto the grass, into wow. the house, and I can just remember those those emotions were like super real.
1: Wow, that's powerful. I've never heard that. Thank you for that. Um you know, I, I, I do remember some of that and, and it's crazy to have Someone else sort of paint that time in your life because you, you do vaguely remember it. But when you say that energy and that, you sort of think, "Oh my God, that's what it's all about. That's what life is about. That that feeling, you know." And I it was such a gift to have that in a lot of my life. I still have that, but those moments are, are don't happen as often probably as as, as they want to look. I mean, geez, I have so many uh, from you. I mean, just San Francisco, the first time you and I, only about
0: some people. Holy kill, shit, San Francisco. Because
1: I know it's a children's program. Oh, my God. Um,
0: Go ahead. Do whatever uh, you got to do. Do whatever you got to San Francisco was. Listen, <laughs>
1: do whatever you got to do. Uh, excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. Um, uh, I, I remember being, going to San Francisco, flew, well, a couple of times, you and I would meet in strange cities. Now it wasn't just you and me, it was you, me and a thousand other people <laughs> that would go to the national press photographers association, uh, at, at national conference, yeah. which was at that time run by geniuses. The whole thing was run by just a, a phalanx of, 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 beautiful, wonderfully minded people.
0: True. Uh, True, I don't know, man. I don't, I,
1: don't, I don't, I don't know where those people are today, <laughs> but yes, it was great. They're all, those
0: they're all working the for Trump now. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so uh, you and I met in uh, 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 San Francisco, which was amazing. And because because I was so enlightened by the work that you and CARE and everybody else was doing, I thought, geez, well, it doesn't matter how I get there. I'll get on a plane and I'll get myself. I was like 18, I think at the time, something like that. And I thought, well, these guys are speaking. I just want to sit there and listen. I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to show for it. I, I could barely get myself there, but I thought, I'll just sit and listen. So I get there, and you speak uh, a number of times. I think at some conferences, there's there's basically at these conferences, there, there are some of the, the most um, – gifted storytellers in the world that and in television news that that kind of converge on these cities and there are it in one of the years I think care won the station of the year so you guys had won true and were ringing <laughs> ringing an in it right and they one of the stories that they played at the Sprague Awards was Lilliput. it was a story that you and Boyd Hooper did and you you have to tell that story you have to tell that story I don't know if people know about this story nobody knows. but it was one of. Well, it was one of the most inspiring stories I've ever watched, to this day, I've ever seen in my life. And they played that, and I just I had tears in my eyes going, I could, who knew that television in a, in a local medium uh, and just through photojournalism could be so powerful in broadcast, right? And so that was incredibly inspiring, just to see you be a part of that. And then the, the flip side of that, too, was being in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, on Beale Street. <laughs> Dude, you were
0: with us this- in Memphis, man.
1: Of course I was, and the delightful and the lovely. uh, 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 Oh, what's her name? She was married to uh, the guy Elizabeth Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley, Hurley. yeah, the talented, the lovely, the gifted Elizabeth Hurley is sitting down at at a restaurant. Gorgeous, yeah, having having a, a a lovely meal with somebody, and here comes Jr. at I don't know. Eleven thirty at night, yeah, walks up to to the to the to the window, bangs on the window, <laughs> found a rose from a guy that was selling roses on Beale Street and says, "Hey, I just want to deliver this to This is something you need. I want to deliver this to you as though that's never happened before. <laughs> and she couldn't have been more mortified and embarrassed. I'm sure I'm just making that part up sure. but, but 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 that was the second time it I turned it turns there. out we and,
0: started dating after that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did. Wow. Good for you. Good congratulations. Uh and then and then that was the part where I go, geez, do I really want to follow this guy? I don't I don't know. Uh but no, that was amazing. I just
0: um, I just remember that night that you bring up and I'll quickly interject. I just remember we wound up at some piano bar, super famous piano bar off a of Beal. And I just remember Highcheck John Highcheck, who's widely oh, yeah. considered one of the greatest television news editors of all time, like the Picasso of our time, he uh <laughs> Right. Oh the my. Picasso. The Picasso. He's no Phil Jones. He's no Phil Johnston. Yeah. The yeah, uh no Phil he he wound <laughs> up like next to the piano guy as the piano guy's playing. Like this is a professional musician in Nashville, right? We're in Nashville. No, we're in Memphis. Yeah. In Memphis professional piano player and high check is just sitting right next to him like he's about to play with him. and the guy <laughs> the guy wasn't sure what the hell to do like the, the guy was like do i move you or don't i and i think the guy decided well he walked in here with 20 other other guys so i'm gonna let him sit here <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. It's all right, the listen, thing in the world. we're five minutes over my allotted 30 for all these phone calls. Anyways, listen, oh, bottom, bottom line, and there's so much more to talk about. Bottom line is I love yeah. you. I can't thank you enough for the connectivity and just the wonderful friendship that you've given me over the years. I'm so proud of you, dude. Like from the time that you thank slept you. on my couch to now may seem like a lifetime, but holy shit, am I just massively gangbuster proud of you, your wife, your kid, obviously hanging out with that smart father-in-law of yours. I mean, just yeah. huge, just huge stuff. So, dude, thank you very much for your time, and I just, I love the crap hey, can, out of you.
1: Can can we take some calls? Is there any, do you have anybody on the line? Can yeah, take I, calls?
0: it's funny, because Phil Johnson just, was just on the line, but he hung okay. up.
1: Phil was just on the line, oh, he, oh, shoot, <laughs> was a, you know, we'll get them next time. We'll get them next time he calls in. <laughs>
0: we'll get them next time. <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. you and love you. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we went a little over the the 30-minute mark. Usually we go 30 and that's it. So we're at like 40 minutes. So I apologize to all of you who have stuff to do. It turns out that micro-podcasting micro, uh, micro podcasting is a thing now. Turn, it, it turns out like people are micro-podcasting a minute to three minutes because – uh, everybody in the world right now, because of the handheld digital device, it, it has driven us to a point where we can't pay attention for more than 60 seconds. <laughs> Anyways, I'm junior dot I'm JR, uh, com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N dot com. If you want a session, book it today. Here we go. Um, I love you, man. And I so appreciate you being in on my passion. I so appreciate you, uh, those of you who have been with me on this journey and road and talk to me regularly, whether you're friends or clients or family, um, man, I just got to tell you, I'm so appreciative and grateful for the experience um, that uh, that you trust me um, enough uh, t- to think I would have anything uh, of value to say. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Do uh, something for yourself today. Uh, hit a little piece of meditation, prayer, contemplation. Take a little bit of time to hit some silence, whether that's in the car, whether that's walking. Whether that's just sitting someplace in a coffee shop and just staring at a wall, but take some time to listen to what's happening inside of you. Uh, and if you need me, I'm right here. Until tomorrow, we'll see you.